This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum on OAR FM. I'm Valerie, the field officer, and today's guest is Andrew from Dunedin Budget Advice Service. So hello, Andrew, and welcome along. We're starting our two-part DBAS radio show with some information on preparing for Christmas 2021. Hello, Valerie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I hope, hope you had a good Christmas. Great. Always lovely. Right. So what's your role at DBAS? Uh, so technically I'm called the Executive Officer. Oh, very flash. But I don't like that name, so I prefer to just be called the Manager, Chief Bottle Washer, Duster, <laughs> you name it, yep. I do it all. You do. And how long have you been with DBS? Quite a while? or? Uh, yeah, so I've been there nearly 11 years now. Wow. Yes. That's a considerable amount of time. Started in 2010. Nearly in even years, that is. So you work at a community house. Has DBS always been here? Always been here? From my memory, it has. But yeah. So from what I know, we shifted into Dunedin Community House in around the year two thousand. And prior to that, we were around the road in more a place, kind of across the road from where. Presbyterian support is now. Oh, okay. So um, we're Kayanga Ora is now, which is the new name for Housing New Zealand. <laughs> housing New Zealand, <laughs> yes, Kayanga Ora, yes. We have, we have yeah, so we were there. Names. And prior to that, we shared an office with the Methodist Mission. Oh, okay. Which was at the bottom of what is now Forsyth Bar House, at the bottom of. Upper Stewart Street on the corner of the Octagon in Stewart Street. So it's been going for a very long time, like you're talking 25, 25, so 30? In 2022, so mm. next year, we actually celebrate our 50th birthday. 50 years? Yes. Wow. That's yes. pretty outstanding, isn't it? So that'll be a big year for us. We've um, been around a while now. Yeah, that's great. Isn't it? Well, is it great or not? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great. We were originally started by the Dunedin Rotary Club. Oh, okay. Who saw a need in the community for, I guess, um, improved budgeting skills and just helping people with their financial literacy and how to reach their financial goals. Back then it was um, all pretty much done by volunteers. Mm. And just, I guess, over the years and the demands of the role... It's become more and more specialised, and now we pretty much fully rely on a um, paid workforce. Yeah, because it's quite. It's uh, that was the one of the questions I've I've got for later about New Zealand's New Zealanders financial literacy. Right. Um, so we've had a wee chat about preparing for Christmas prior to the show, and you suggested asking you to come back. Yes, thank you. After so, Christmas. Here we are. <laughs> preparing for next year, for, for 2021. Yep. So because that would be the best time to be getting ready for Christmas. And I love that you've asked me along, Valerie, because <laughs> I often get asked to do 
shows and interviews in mm. November, December yeah. when people start thinking about Christmas and they start to think about finances. Yes. And they want to talk about budgeting for Christmas and actually the time to budget for Christmas is now in January. Yeah. So I know it's a long way away, but that's actually the time to start thinking about it. Christmas is not if it's going to happen, it's well, yeah. when it happens. And it, we know when it's going to happen. And what we have in New Zealand is what we call the triple whammy. Yeah. So it's actually a very difficult time of year for a lot of families. So you have Christmas, which can be quite a hit on the budget. Yep. You also have the school holidays, Mm. so often um, families have trouble with childcare and they're trying to work and keep the kids entertained and just that can put a financial strain on things. And like holiday programs are really expensive. Yeah. So all that, so that's two. And the third one is back to school. School, yeah. So back to school and there's things like having to get new bits of uniform or maybe a, a whole new uniform, mm. textbooks, stationery. Yeah, I noticed one new school will be having a completely new uniform this year. Right. So that means that previous children that are gone, you can't use the same uniform. No, you can't ask the school about hand-me-downs. Yep. or No. Which is often a good way to do it. Yeah, some of them have some of them have um, school school uniform shops where you can get, but it's knowing it's about knowing where to go and ho- that you can do those things. Quite often, I think it's a barrier yeah. for people. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a definitely a hot spot on the I guess on the financial year. Mm. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and we know it's going to happen. It's not if it's going to happen. So the time to start planning for that is as soon as you can in the new year and start thinking, how much money do I actually need for Christmas? What what does my family typically do? Mm. What's that going to cost me? Am I planning on going away? Or do I need to pay for school holiday programs? Do I have to get a new school uniform? All those. All about planning and then starting to put money aside as soon as you can. So the sooner you start putting money aside in the year the easier it is to do because it's a smaller amount. Yeah, over a longer period of time versus a huge amount over a short period of time. Whereas if you're thinking about back-to-school costs in December... It's panic. You think, (laughs) I'm going to need $600 in in a month. (laughs) How am I going to do that? Yeah, that's quite hard. Which is much harder on the budget. Yeah, and that planning ahead. So if you things like the um, just because I think they at the start of the year, there's that push for um, I won't say names, but uh, but places where that push to have the communi- Christmas clubs and things like that, and yeah. putting money mm. in. Do you think they're a good idea? Like, um, so mm. so they can be a, a budgeting tool. Yeah. So I mean, it is a way of putting an amount of money aside every week, so it's often getting debited out of your bank account and often you've um, picked what you want as part of the package for Christmas. So it can be a way to do it, but what we do find is often those products are very overpriced and there are cheaper ways to do it, such as uh, buying things 
at places like the warehouse, for example, and uh, they have a lay-by you can do, so you can actually pick what you want and then pay it off. Yeah, and they, and they do have a Christmas club, a Christmas club as well, they the warehouse. Christmas clubs, yeah. And uh, the supermarkets, most of the supermarket lines do now as well, don't uh, they? So great initiative. So you actually you get a little bit of extra money mm. every time you save. Yep. You can't spend the money until um, November, December, and then there's your money for your Christmas shopping, the f- food bill. Yep. Which is significant at Christmas time. Often at Christmas time, the supermarkets are very competitive, so mm. there's lots of specials, so things are really cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you've bought it through a Christmas club, some sort of hamper package for your Christmas yeah. dinner, it can be very overpriced. Yeah, those those I've talked to a few people who've had those Christmas hampers and they thought they were a good idea, but they, they do work out to be much more expensive. So they are expensive, but they are a way of doing it. And it does mean you are putting money aside every week throughout the year. So, I mean, they have their place. But if you're savvy and careful, you can get yourself a better deal. And there seems to be many, many more of um, the food boxes that you can get delivered to your home and things. And I I can't decide whether they're a good idea or not, actually. Right. (coughs) (laughs) Because people get new recipes. So I've, I've... Done that a couple of times, mm. and yes, it costs a bit more. But um, for me and my partner, we've found actually we've learned new recipe ideas. Yeah, been introduced to food we've never tried before. Well, that's easy. That's quick. Yeah, and that's always a good thing, isn't it? it? So it just adds a bit of sparkle into your diet, I guess. Which. Yeah, I have a friend who used to get them and then she stopped getting them, but now she has a supply of recipes she, she can try. Exactly what so, we did. So yeah. We've still got things we go back to, like Moroccan meatballs. Oh, nice. Things like that. Nice. <laughs> so, that, I mean, because they, they can be a budgety thing because they're set as well, can't they? Yeah, but once those, you know how to make those things, you can do and it you know you like it, you yeah. can go out and get the ingredients yourself. That's true. So, so planning is, is key for Christmas then? It's all about planning and having an idea of what you want to spend. The thing with budgeting is it's always like your best guess of what's going to happen in the future. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> so the more information you have or the more planning you do, the better things will work out. It's true, apparently. Um, so Apparently, did you say? Because <laughs> I struggle to budget. I, I try really hard to budget, and then yeah. things get in the way. I have an emergency. Well, life happens. And, life yeah. happens, but I've, um, I have have tackled the emergency fund this year, and I have grown my emergency fund Great. for things that fall over, like washing machines and things like that. Yep. But it's quite... Well done. It's quite... It's not easy to do. No, no it doesn't. No. No. Um, so what brings most people onto your service? Is it Christmas time? Is it? Um, so it's been interesting. So actually, uh, traditionally we used to go dead at Christmas. Oh, right. So we just, people didn't want to know us. Oh, okay. Which I guess was understandable. But over the last three to four years, things have become much more steady. So just throughout the year. We're, Across the whole year. We're reasonably steady probably our busy time of year is actually the winter so have the winter energy payments helped june july august absolutely yeah they've been great um 
this year I was disappointed to see they're going back to the normal payment from two years ago now. Right. So they had doubled it this year. So There's I, debate about whether they should double it for 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 2021. Yes. Um, again, actually, hmm. because they, I, I listened to some stats on the radio and it was – I think families were losing $63 a week and individuals were losing $45. And that's a huge amount of money to yep. be losing yep. because it's no longer winter. Yep. Well. In the adjustment, so um, when you get to, it's great in, when it starts in, is it April? can't remember now. And yes. then when it finishes in October, uh, <coughs> it's yes. quite an adjustment to make losing yep. that $40 or $60 a week when you've been so used to having it for the last five months. Um, but then again, it's you know it's going to happen. And budgeting is all about... And I, I did read something that even, you know, even if you're getting that extra money for your winter energy payment, that sometimes power bills are way bigger than we expect them to be, even if you are planning for them. So you can still get extra help. Yes. So I think that's one thing that that I thought would uh, is relevant for some of my clients on benefits is that they can actually, if it's an unexpectedly big power bill, they yep. can still actually apply for more money or get right. help paying that. Yes, and the other thing is they can come and talk to us. So we yes. have access to the DCC Consumer Electricity Fund. Yeah. So if someone's struggling with their power bill mm. if they come and talk to us and we run some checks just to make sure they qualify yeah and we can put a payment onto their power so that's i noticed there was um last year there was one from presbyterian support i think mm-hmm. throughout all of otago and it was for 100 a one-off payment of 120 on your power bill so that was during the um covid crisis right um so we can actually well, we could access that as well. Okay. <clears throat> so that's through the Energy Retailers Association of New Zealand. Oh, okay. Um, so while that was running, people could access a $120 credit onto their power oh, account. That's significant, isn't it? I mean, yeah. and it's interesting that it's the that body that's that came forward with that because they're yes. the ones that control the price of the power, aren't they? Unfortunately, not all the power companies are members of the Energy Retailers Association. Ah. So it wasn't all power companies, but it's most of the big ones, which was... Cool. Yeah. Okay, so what would be the most commonly asked question that you get asked when people come? So I I can't actually think of one. (laughs) We get all sorts of questions, so they can be obviously financial questions. Yeah. They can be about work and income. They could be about their power bill. Um, maybe they're having a tenancy issue. Oh, okay. Um, that they're not sure about. There's consumer law questions, or maybe they're having an issue with a a credit contract. A car dealership. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> all all sorts of things. Um, mm. So it's not really any one main thing. No. <laughs> Do you think enough people know about you that would come that would think no. to come and access you? No. As a resource, because uh, you know you're a, you, you're there for people that are working as well. Not we're just, there for everybody. Yeah. 
So to kind of jump back a couple of questions, so why do people come to us? Mm. It's basically for people who are experiencing financial hardship or are at risk of financial hardship. And that can be anybody. It doesn't matter how much you earn. You can always spend more or overcommit yourself. And especially during the... um, what's happened with COVID, a whole raft of New Zealanders that have previously managed pretty well but have still lived week to week and then have had sudden changes to their income with loss of hours or maybe a complete loss of job, they need help. So it's not just for beneficiaries or people on low incomes. It can be anybody. Because that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's about actually understanding your options. Yep. And and planning for. And they're the same for everybody. Yep, absolutely. Doesn't matter how much you earn or where your income comes from. We've, no, we've all got options. It is, and following on from that, do you think New Zealanders are getting better with financial literacy? Given that the DBS has been around for 50 years, nearly, is that? Yeah, well, I haven't been there. No. So <laughs> I've. Um, yeah, I've been there for nearly 11. That's a really hard question to answer. It could possibly be answered by, so in 2016, so five years ago now, our, our contracts were changed. So it used to be a, bit, a focus on budgeting. Right. In 2016, the government changed their focus and changed um, what they contract us to do to building financial capability. Oh, okay. Oh, right. So the fact that that happened five years ago, I guess, is a clue that maybe Kiwis in general aren't building their financial literacy. No. And generally aren't actually that capable around... Uh, Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's tricky. Having flattered, it's interesting people's different... Relationships with money. Yep. And whether that and everybody does it differently. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's quite. Um, I remember being that was a shocking thing when I started flatting. Is it because I was so used to the way my parents did things yep. that actually people do things differently, and the, you know, that you pay your bills late or you, you know or you pay them on time or you pay them ahead of time and all those things. It's quite. Um, and I know with my child, we, that who's a teenager, we've had a lot of conversations. Which is excellent. Because I don't want him to be as... I, I want him to have some more financial knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And it, so when he goes flatting... When he goes flatting. When. when he's not going, if. Yes. No, when. <laughs> when he goes flatting, just things like understanding a power bill. Yeah. Because it can be really confusing. Things like a... A cell phone bill, or a re- really hard to understand. Yeah, we and we've had discussions around, um, you know, the lowest price point, the middle price point, and the highest price point for mm-hmm. things because yeah. we've um, we've ha- we have many discussions because he's like my tech savvy person. Yep. So around, <laughs> around often the way. <laughs> yeah, around phones and yep. what phone plans and things like that and. Um, and how much data you need. Yeah, and all the rest of it. And because he's it's obviously my child, so he uses his quite differently, so his expectations are quite different yep. on what he'll use his budget on. Yep. So it's quite, yeah, it's, it's 
I well, mean, it's good to know. So he's got a budget. So he has to manage his money. Yeah. Mm. Does oh, he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, this is the thing. So it's like, you know, having a budget is a really basic thing, but not everybody has one. And the interesting thing is, the, I guess, so he's a teenager now, so yes. it's possibly getting on a bit, but little children actually love to talk about money and mm. um, learn about it. So the, the sooner you, you do talk to them about it and start to learn about putting some money aside or saving or how much things are worth. Oh, yes, we have those. Like, he's always had to put half his birthday money away and things like that before yeah. another rainy day. Yep. And he hasn't even got a job, and we're already talking about what percentage he'll be putting away for KiwiSaver. Great. Because <laughs> uh, compulsory savings, and I, as you know, I had my social work student last year, so he's of an older generation than my son, but obviously still younger than me. So we had some quite interesting conversations around money. You would have. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite good. Yep. But it's, it's, we're always learning about it. But I find that, um, you know, from when I grew up, we, we banked at school once a week. Yeah, yeah I remember those ha- days. Yeah, we had that. And I, that's how I started my son off. And then they stopped doing that. Yeah. So, and now have mum and dad got money lying around because we're, we're heading towards more of a cashless society. Yeah. And some of the t- ads on TV are quite interesting where they say, I'll pay, you, you pay the child for cleaning the car and it goes straight into the account so they can oh, see it yep. online. I find those quite interesting yep. because I suppose those kids are more, everything's online and it's all more technical. App, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> which I find, I have got an app that I use on my phone which shows me where my money goes. Good. And in preparation for meeting you, I put it on my phone. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought I'll just try it because I was looking at one of the things that I see quite a lot is um, these frugal savey things, how to be a frugal saver. And yeah. I'm like, for some people, saving is a very limited option. And then it says, uh, you, you know, how, can, how you can live on one income. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right, well. Which I know is difficult. And the thing with New Zealand, I believe, so wages have traditionally been quite low. Yes. Thank goodness they've sort of started to lift in the last three years. Mm. Um, so the minimum wage has sort of jumped up. This year it's jumping to just over $20 for the minimum wage, which is a, a bit of a milestone. Yeah, it is. Um Last year, the living wage, if you know about that, mm. so last year the living wage went to $22.10 an hour. So No, actually, I don't know what a living wage is. So the living wage, it's, it's called the living wage movement, really. So it's not actually a actual thing, mm-hmm. but it is a, it's basically a figure that they calculate for, um, so in New Zealand... What does a person need to be a part of society yeah. to be able to afford their, their expenses, rent, food, power, allow for things like holidays, savings? Right. Just the things everybody, Takes like everyday granted. life, yep. which are actually quite difficult to do on these very mm. low wages. Theory, yeah. And a lot of people are on the minimum wage. Mm. The only time they get paid more is if that minimum wage is lifted. 
in New Zealand, so we talk about budgeting and being frugal and saving. But actually, saving is incredibly difficult on a low income. Yep. And we have really seen that during COVID as well. So as soon as a crisis happened, a lot of people got into trouble because they didn't have any savings. Mm. You've talked earlier about your savings pot or your fund. Emergency money. That's great. Emergency money. Unbelievably, the general advice is you need between one and two months monthly salary yeah. put, a, put away in case something happens. I know, but there's a huge amount of money. <laughs> so like that even if you're on a, if even if you're on the minimum wage. Imagine trying to do that on minimum you wage. Can't. It's virtually impossible. Particularly with the rate of rents. Yes. Which personal peeve of mine is the mm. rate of rents. Yes. <laughs> God, I don't I don't understand how people uh, they can't do it. Well, it's basically getting subsidized by the government through work and income because work and income want people to stay in houses. Stay. So if you're working, can you still get subsidised by work and income for you accommodation? You may get some support. Oh, I okay. mean, you could still talk to them. Never hurts wow. to ask. No, that's true. And, and traditionally they've been organisation losing their accommodation and having oh. to go onto the street. Or We don't want that. Society can't have that. So No. And there's a, I think, I was at a meeting and there's like 400 homeless people yep. in, in Dunedin yep. and, and surrounds, which is quite astounding. It that, is. You know, we, we don't think of ourselves as a poor. We don't, but it is definitely a problem. It's not often a seen problem. No. I've definitely noticed in the last couple of years, like, you can tell, like, if Oh, it looks like someone's sleeping in that car or that van. Yep. You know, and you do see them, you know, in supermarket car parks, or which is really sad. It is, but is that? Um, I mean, the, the it is a housing crisis. It's across the country, but then I was reading a statistic that said that you know half the population live in the top half of the North Island. And I'm like, but it's a, a housing crisis across the country, not just in the North Island. Well, it slowly, slowly spread from Auckland. Yeah. So as yeah. Aucklanders started to try and get out cheaper <laughs> accommodation, yeah, it pushed up prices in other places. And they, there was for a while last year there was a lack of houses as well. I think it went from like houses available, well, either for buying or renting. Basically, the the cost of housing is all to do with supply and demand, mm. and because there's under supply and over demand, prices go up. So we we still need more houses. Absolutely, yeah. quite a significantly more houses than are available. That's pretty much the key, I think. Mm. So, what's the price, most pragmatic advice you would give to anyone? So one piece of advice? Yes. So a very common thing we see is, and it's probably quite a Kiwi thing, mm. is she'll be right. Oh, right. It'll okay. go away. Yeah. Things will get better. <laughs> Bury your head in the sand. And so my one piece of advice would be to ask for help early. So right. as soon as you know something's going to change or something has happened yeah. and you know it's going to cause you financial issues, Ask for help as soon as you Come can. Come and see us. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because that's uh, once again with the planning as well. The sooner we can intervene or yeah. come up, help with planning or contacting creditors or telling you what your options are, the mm. sooner, or the better. The, the worse things get, the harder it is to undo. Do you have people where you can't help? Unfortunately, yes. Mm, yep. It's quite hard, isn't it? So it's kind. Sometimes it's a case of the bridges have been burnt. Mm. So no banks will deal with you. Goodness. Work and income have trespassed you. Oh. Yeah, really living on the fringes, <laughs> um, and that's really sad. Sometimes it's down to mental health. Sometimes it's down to behaviour. Um, trying to live on a low income with few supports can be very overwhelming and stressful and when people are stressed out yep. and they make poor decisions or do things without mm. thinking about them don't think about consequences and they're left with the consequences for years to come yeah. so it's, it's, like it's, it's understandable but it's also could be avoidable if people are, but it, can you can't make undo decisions. The clock in, no, but we're very aware that. I mean, we don't judge anybody, and we don't look on down on anybody, and we don't tell people what to do. We don't tell people off. <laughs> we're just there to um, sit with them to understand what the situation is, mm. and to try and come up with a plan. Yeah, or walk alongside them. Um, it's their journey. They lead it. Yeah. Walk beside them. Mm-hmm. But we can't. Yeah. Definitely can't help everybody. So. No, you can't. No. I mean, that's the thing. Okay. So, how do people contact you? Uh, so the simplest way is picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. So they can get us on zero three four seven one six one five eight. Extension zero is for our general inquiry lines. Okay. Or they can contact us just by email, which is inquiries at budgetingdunedin.co.nz. Or they could go to our website, budgetingdunedin.co.nz, and they can contact us through the website. Right. We have just been told we have to wrap up because we've done our time. So we've must be lovely talking to you, Valerie. (laughs) (laughs) It always is. Thank you very much for your time, Andrew. You've been our radio star for today. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. And we'll hear from you for the next part of our radio show. Look forward to it. Great. The Otago Multiple Sclerosis Society aims to empower people with multiple sclerosis and their families by providing them with information and skills to participate actively in the community in ways that are meaningful to them. MSOtago.org.nz or give us a call toll free on on 0508 MS Otago. That's 0508 6768 246. Otago Multiple Sclerosis Society working for the people of Otago. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.